this episode of the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans podcast. I am your host, James Mistrucci, and of course, I am joined by Jordan Cohen. Jordan, how are you doing today? I am doing really, really, really great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, too. I'm in a better mood than the other day. Uh, it was mostly just because of, I don't know, irritation about how that last game went. But you know what? We're getting closer to the next game, and you know we're, we're getting ready to talk about you know, the Browns taking on the Bears. Well, man, here's the thing. It, I, I re-listened to our pod, and, and I noticed this as it was happening, and I, I just want to apologize. If you were in a bad mood, you had nothing on me the other day, because that pod was, um, I was grouchy. <laughs> grouchy is a good way to put it. Uh, and before we get into our, our, our preview, just a reminder, like, subscribe, share, comment, tell your friends. If you don't, it's stealing. That's not cool. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, this is believeone.com and realbrownsfans.com. I got to start writing that down. I do it from memory every time and I always feel like I forget one. So uh, next time, going to write that down. <laughs> Have it right in front of my face, be like, we're on this. So uh, let's get into it. The, the Browns take on the Bears this week. Uh, there's some moving parts into it, but what are your what are your first impressions about this matchup here? So it's weird because I was a in a much worse mood the other day when we recorded uh today i'm in a much better mood but ironically i am more skeptical of the browns ability to win today and i think that's probably the nature of listening to a lot of the podcast where i think we were not unique in our feelings about that game this weekend and like jake burns had a bunch of people on where they were kind of saying the same thing like this is not good um, and so I think that's part of what's going on, but I don't know, man. I do I if I had money line bet, right? You made me make a bet. I would bet on the Browns to win it, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah, like uh, as a straight win, I would bet on the Browns to win. But if we're looking at you know let's you know fancy uh, you know numbers and all that stuff, so the Browns are favored by seven and a half points. I would not bet the oh, Browns no in, way. That, in that. that. Uh, the over under is forty five and a half. I'd bet the under, honestly. Uh, I think this game could be pretty ugly from uh, from multiple angles, and we'll, we'll get into why. Yeah, let's put a pin in that one and come back to it towards the end, because I actually disagree, so I think that'll be a good conversation towards the end. Okay, so we'll, we'll loop back around in the over-under. But um, yep. <clears throat> one of the bigger news stories, obviously, Jarvis Landry not going to be in this game. He is on injured reserve, but don't worry, Davion Davis is here. Just kidding. Um yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, might be no playing. Brown. <laughs> Odom, Odell Beckham Jr. might play, maybe. Uh, we got a non-update update, okay? The the other day, Kevin Stefanski said the expectation was simply to be full go in practice. Status still undetermined for Sunday. You heard Odell talk today, which is Thursday, about if he's going to play or not. He really didn't provide any information. It, it seems like... It's going to be another one of those game time decisions where is Odell feeling all right enough to go? Is the coaching staff all right with how he looks? And they'll make the call then. What do you think? Um, so I think I agree with you. I also think it's very plausible that what ends up happening is Odell quote unquote plays and most of the plays he's a decoy. But I think what they'll actually have him do, and we can talk about a little bit about Bears. So the Bears have, like, no nickel corner. Uh, and and uh, it's been that way, right? Everybody knew this summer it was mm-hmm. going to be that way. And they have no nickel corner. They're really bad at defending the slot. And I think what they'll actually do 
is bring Odell in to basically be Jarvis. Um, without Jarvis and act as a decoy most of the time, I don't think he will see the ball many times. I don't even think he will be running routes that we are designed to get him open many times. Mm. Um, I mean, the number one receiver this week, honestly, is probably Rashard Higgins. Ugh. Like, unless the, it's and, just and so gross. Yeah, you and I talked about this the other day, but, like, listen, maybe the Browns have, like, a really creative offense this week with Felton and Schwartz. I think they probably will. Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't have a number one. Yeah, if if, Ho- if Odell's not able to go, and it is a... Or he is able to go, and it's decoy game, okay? For not actually seeing Odell, we're seeing just him there just to be a distraction on the field for the defense. We, there is no number one receiver. Um, yeah. we, we've we seen pretty Probably much... Probably Harrison Bryant. Uh, yeah, it's going to be someone like a Harrison Bryant or an Austin Bryant. It's going to be tight ends, tight ends, tight ends. And running backs. And running backs, okay? Yep. Um, like we said on, on the last podcast, uh, we're getting a glimpse... We got a glimpse of what life is like without Landry and Beckham last week, and it was not pretty. Um, Maybe these guys like Schwartz and Peoples-Jones develop and turn into guys that somewhere down the line are your number one, number two receivers, but they are far, far away from that right now. Well, and here's, like, again, the problem with both DPJ and Schwartz, they weren't running good routes. That's a huge problem. They were running the wrong routes. So, uh, to me... That's not something that gets fixed in a week. No, that's something that takes an entire season, maybe more. And if you're Stefanski, you cannot simplify the offense, right? This is like the problem when we played the Jets last year, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you have all these new receivers, which means the only way you're going to win is by being able to scheme them open. And the only way you can scheme them open is if you run like creative-ish plays, like not simple plays. Mm-hmm. Which ends up at the problem. You don't have good receivers who don't, but who also don't know the offense. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like you're in trouble. I mean, listen, the, the, the best option, and I think Stavansky will do this on a lot of plays, is to Anthony Schwartz to run a straight line down the field as fast as he can go. Yeah. Even with Odell. Like, that's where the world went. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, just do something like that where they have to put a man on him the whole time. I mean, the the just to kind of go on what you just said, uh, <clears throat> with the, the route running and running correct routes and running incorrect routes, Beckham and Landry not only ran the correct routes, uh, I know there was some disconnect uh, early in the season last year, but they're both elite route runners, okay? There's, I, I think the there's a real argument they're the two best route runners in the NFL. That's a very that's a very fair argument. If you want to say that they're not, then they're both top five. Okay. I mean, it's like the Brett Coleman video we've talked about a few times on here. But, like, Odell was not running the wrong routes last year. It was just Baker wasn't connecting with him. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't all Baker's fault. Like, part of it's just the nature that they hadn't played a lot together. Mm-hmm. But, like, Odell was running the right routes and running them well. And I actually think that was a bigger part of the problem. Like, I don't think Baker's played with a receiver like Odell before. He hasn't. Who is just, like, that elite. And, like, that's my one thing. If Odell can go as a decoy, it helps you just because he's such a good route runner. Mm-hmm. It'll free some stuff up for, you know, some of the tight ends, some of the other receivers that... Exactly. If you just have Odell go on some sort of, like, 
don't know, post route, you could have uh, somebody like a Higgins or a Schwartz on a slant underneath and be wide open, and you can just play that yeah, all or, game. Yeah, or vice versa, yeah. right? And so then you basically use that play, right? Mm-hmm. Odell on a post route, or, or just, at, like, have, again, like you're doing with Schwartz, just have Odell, like, run, like, a deep cross, kind of. Something like that. Like, something that is, like, fairly simple, but if you execute it right, it's just destructive. Mm-hmm. And then don't throw it to him. And then every once in a while, run Odell on a slant. Yeah. And that's when you throw it to him. I mean, that could be a great way. That, Of course, that is assuming Odell plays, and who knows if he actually does or not. Uh, right. Again, the no, way— If he doesn't play, you don't have that. And that yeah. makes it much harder. And that's why, like, I know I have crapped on David Njoku more than a lot of people. I think I do not think he's a great player by any stretch. I will say, I think David Njoku probably, if Odell can't play, has a big role to play in this game. Yeah, if there's a if there's a guy that needs to like step up and prove to me that he's not super inconsistent, because he's been super inconsistent, uh, it would be this would be a game for Njoku to do something and not 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 like the three catch for seventy six yards performance against the Chiefs, like truly dominate a game because he's never done that. Okay, no, I mean uh, he, that's the biggest problem. He's had a couple games where he's had some nice yard numbers, like three for 76 against the Chiefs, where he's got like, you know, four for 41 or, you know, maybe five for 70 or something like that. But it, he's never been like seven catches, 120 yards, and just completely dominated the game. And I don't know if he's actually capable of that, but this would be a perfect opportunity for him to do so, even if Odell goes, because you know what? They're going to be focused in on Odell. Yeah, I mean, I guess my other thing too, man, is... We have seen in a different way than I think Najoku can do it, but, but we've seen Harrison Bryant dominate a game where it's like the same number of catches, but the way he's dominating is he's great at blocking in the run game and he finds space. Like what I will say about all of Najoku's great games, Baker's also having a great game, mm-hmm. which to me signals that could just be Baker. Yes. Right? Like, Baker and scheming. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas Harrison Bryant, like, the game, shoot, it was one of the games towards the end where Baker actually didn't play well, and Bryant just had, like, three or four enormous catches. And then uh, Hooper against the Steelers the second time, Mm -hmm. like, in the playoffs, was it fantastic? Or it may have been the first. One of the two Steelers games, Hooper was incredible. Right? And so, like, we've seen our other tight ends do it. But neither Bryant nor Hooper could also uh, masquerade as a receiver, which, like, to give Najoku credit, in a worst-case scenario, he can do it. He's athletic enough to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm checking out uh, Harrison Bryant's uh, game logs here. Uh, he had a four-catch, 56-yard, two-touchdown performance against the Bengals. That was the game that Odell Bengals. tore his ACL. Okay. Maybe that was it, actually. Uh, he had, he played well-ish in that game, but yeah, well-ish. He uh... that was still first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian. I know there was one game where I was like, I don't think Baker's playing well, but I think Harrison Bryant's making him look good. It that it might have been that game. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been that game. <clears throat> but either way, I. Well, we both, I guess, have voiced our admiration of Harrison Bryant because he has. You can just see it. You know what I mean. You can just see it. Like this guy's a this guy's gonna be good. 
in a couple years. He's going to be the number yeah, one tight end in a couple years. He's going to take a minute. He's going to take a while. Listen, he went to Florida Atlantic. Like, the Browns knew he was going to take a while. But when he gets fully cooked, man, the Browns have something. They do. He he he's a he's a good blocker. He's able to find space as a tight end, which that is what elite tight ends do. They can just find that that soft spot in the zone. They can just find that space and get, just get open and be like, "Hey, quarterback, I'm here if you need me." Yeah, I mean, given who the Browns like, com- like they who they draft and who they like, Odell and Jarvis. Mm-hmm. I do think the Browns must have some internal something, whether it is just like a coach that's really good at spotting it, a group of coaches, or like a stat about finding space. Because like from day one, Bryant could do that. Jarvis does that. Odell does that. Um, Schwartz act like Schwartz just because he's fast, nothing creative to it. Mm-hmm. Felton does that. Kareem Hunt does that. Like the Browns get receivers that find space. And what is incredible about Bryant is like Bryant's a blocking tight end, mm-hmm. right? Who's just happens to be that good at it. Yeah. It's it's so, it's, it's quite impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I am. The, see, like, it's guys like Bryant that make me optimistic about the long-term future of this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, not that we have a lot of those guys on the roster now, but it's that, like, I, what we've seen over the last few years is it seems like Barry can find those guys. I would say um, that's accurate, yeah. It seems like he can find those guys. Even, like, a guy, like, it, we get undrafted free agency, like Dunn or Blake Hans, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're not great. But, but he, he found them. You need backups at some point, so... Right. Yeah. And so, like, that makes me optimistic long-term, although I will be honest, I am less optimistic about this. Like, I, I did... I, I made the cheeky comment that I thought the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl. I think that's still possible. Um, <laughs> you said go to, will, go to. What, right. What I will say is the lower bound part of my evaluation has dropped actually pretty significantly. Okay. And that's my worry about the game this weekend. Okay. So uh, what in particular is giving you concern? I mean, we talked about the offense. Uh, is it the defense? Uh, I'm going to go ahead no, and say. it's the offense. It's just the offense. It's the offense. Because here's the thing, man. Like, I, even with an improved defense, I still, or like even, or sorry, a not improved defense or like a marginally improved defense, right? Mm-hmm. I still think we're a playoff team. Yeah. Right? My concern has nothing to do with that. It's that, and it has nothing to actually do with Stavansky. I think both games, Stavansky's, well, the first half against the uh, Texans, he was terrible and he didn't run enough. But like, I, I was reading more about the game plan and I actually like am starting to see what they were trying to do against the Texans, which is like, they, they were destroying the Texans in the pass game, not as much as they were in the run game. But as long as they had, like, a decent lead, there was no need to really run it until late on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with that, but I also think, like, there is a top-down just kind of acceptance that the Texans weren't good and that hurt them to start the game. But mm-hmm. my concern is, like, Jarvis is out at least three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Odell, I, I mean... Even if Odell plays, Odell's not going to be Odell for another three weeks. Yeah. The defense isn't going to be much better. I I, I don't 
uh, I'm very worried about the defense, but I was very worried about the defense last year. Yeah. My concern is like, okay, let's say this is Baker, Uh right? Like maybe not the 82% accuracy, but like generally speaking, like a quarterback that gets his receivers in position to get yards after the catch and isn't going to cost us games. He may not win us games, right? He may cost us game in the sense that like Savansky can't call the plays he wants. And the result of that is that interception against the chiefs. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I think just generally speaking, like if Baker's like this, right. And I think that's possible because he was like that to end last season Mm -hmm. and the running game is good. I'm still worried about injuries. I'm worried about our offensive line, which has not looked great this year. No, they haven't really looked very good. Nobody's talking about it because there's so many bigger stories, but like Wyatt Teller's looks like crap. Yeah, I I think people get distracted by a a couple like highlight worthy plays he makes. Like he made a spin move block, which was like, okay, that's cool, but uh, don't get beat in the first place. uh, One. Yeah. Uh, Two, uh, be more consistent because you really haven't been very consistent. You haven't looked very good. Right, and, like, so you and I have talked about this about soccer, but it's the same with offensive line. Like, in soccer, like, if you have to tackle the player, you've already lost. You've already Mm -hmm. done the wrong thing with the defense, right? Uh, In football, it's the same thing with offensive line to me. Like, if you need to make a fancy move, move, especially in this scheme, you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Or somebody alongside you did it, even if it wasn't you, right? And, And so... Like, I actually think Conklin's look good. I don't think Wills has improved. I think Batonio looks like Batonio, but I think Wyatt Teller's regressed. And I think a Wyatt Teller regression is more significant than a Jack Conklin improvement. Like, I think Jack Conklin just regressed who Jack Conklin was for the Titans. Like, he's he was a good player last year. He's a pretty good player this year. Like, he's mm-hmm. better or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, no, Teller regressing and Wills getting hurt and not really improving outside of that. And J.C. Trenner uh, always playing with busted ankles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah. he has right now. I think it's an yeah, ankle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I know, and Wills was hurt last week. So I and I actually thought before he got hurt, he looked good in week one. So maybe Wills does improve. And, like, it's just a small thing that I'm not super concerned about. But you said it on the last podcast, right? Like, the seat isn't hot right now. It's not even really warm, but it's something to keep an eye on. You acknowledge that there is a seat. That's <laughs> the way right. I put it. Yeah, you just you acknowledge that a seat exists. It's there. Yep. It's in the room. <laughs> yep. Exactly. exactly. So I, I, that's my concern is that in the Ravens, like I, it's early, but I'm preparing to take the L. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I was wrong. Like Lamar Jackson has substantially improved this season. Yeah. Oh, by the way, real quick, it's a knee injury for Treader. Um Lower body, I'm giving myself half a point for that. But anyways, yeah, um, yeah. six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, yep. But you're right. Uh, as far as the Ravens games are concerned, uh, it, at least one. At least one L. Uh, they play back-to-back weeks. That maybe game. Maybe they rebound right. after a first one loss. I would have to see a lot of improvement to see that. But uh, what were you saying the about Chiefs the Chiefs game? The Chiefs may not be as- yeah, the, the Chiefs may not be as good as they were last year or the year before. That's very possible. It really is. They, they still have been dealing with their own set of injuries. Again, every team has injuries, but yeah, uh, they, they have a certain recipe for players and, you know, not having Honey Badger, kind of a big issue for their defense. Huge. 
And, and one other thing I'll say about the AFC North, and then we should get back on subject. I take full blame for taking us off. Oh, it's all uh, good. The Bengals look good. Yeah. This weekend will be tough, but the Bengals look good. I mean, but, T. But, Higgins looked really good. Again, they they have a very similar issue to uh, what the Bears currently have. Look at that pivot. Um, <laughs> offensive line. Um Offensive line for the Bears is an issue. Let's be real here. Um, yeah. It, we all saw the highlight in preseason of Justin Fields getting absolutely destroyed in highlight clips you usually see in A, movies, or B, playing Madden on Rookie. <laughs> um, so that combined with Justin Fields' uh, ability to hold the ball for a long time, not a great combo. So that could provide a, an avenue for the Browns' defense to maybe get a turnover or two or a sack or two. But I do think this could be a breakout potential game for Justin Fields because the Browns' defense has been pitiful through two games. Well, and Joe Woods blitzed three times against the Texans. And I think one of those was against Tyrod. So they put in a rookie quarterback that didn't know the fucking plays and he wasn't, Woods wasn't blitzing. I have no confidence that Woods will blitz, which means if Miles Garrett has an old-time Miles Garrett game, mm-hmm. I think the Browns blow out the Bears. If Miles Garrett looks like he did against the Texans, we have a problem. If Miles Garrett looks like he has again continued post-COVID, there's a problem. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I just mean for this week. Specifically, like I, well, I think we yeah, have that's what I a problem no matter how he looks this weekend. But that's what I meant right specifically now. for this game was if, if Miles yeah. Garrett still looks like what we've seen after he came back, uh, that's an issue. Yeah, I mean, I like what I, I'm worried that I'm thinking is like we need Jadavian Clowney. He doesn't even need to get sacks this game. He just needs to constantly get pressure. And and luckily, the Bears' offensive line stinks enough that his tactic of going full go for the first two and a half seconds of a play... It'll probably might, work. It might actually work. Yeah, I mean, Clowney actually, like... I can't believe I'm saying this. Clowney, I think, is the key to this game. I I I feel gross about hearing that sentence. <laughs> I'm going to be I mean, completely dude, honest. But, dude, but think about it. Think about it, right? <laughs> like, if Clowney does Clowney's thing, which... To be fair to him, like, it actually works pretty effectively. Just, like, the catch is, like, most quarterbacks can get rid of the ball quickly enough. Um, I'm not confident Fields can. Not confident Fields can. And if Clowney can make Fields feel, Fields feel pressure, Fields will go the other way. That's what Fields does. And if Fields goes the other way, no matter how bad Miles Garrett looks, it's Miles, right Miles Garrett, Garrett will be able to wrap him up. Mm-hmm. So... I think there's a realistic argument that Clowney is the key to this game. I, I, it's hard to really say I disagree with that because I, I can't. I don't. <laughs> and that, that just feels wrong, honestly. Um, I mean, listen, if Miles Garrett has a Miles Garrett game, Clowney could not play. Like, we could just play without one defensive player and the Browns will win. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, in the world where I still to this day think Clowney's looked better than Miles this season. Um, I think Clowney's the most important guy. On defense, at least. Yeah, I would probably say for for this week specifically, sure. Especially, uh, you look, 
at who they have, they've added, and nobody of the new additions has really looked uh, particularly good. Uh-uh. Uh, you look at you look at John Johnson; he's been okay. Maybe I'm being a bit generous there. Troy Hill's been again okay. Uh, I've been more impressed Delpit's with. Yeah, Del Pitt in his limited role was was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I would even venture to say I've been more impressed with rookie Greg Newsom than I have Troy Hill and John Johnson. Oh, I, I actually think Greg Newsom's even looked better than Denzel Ward. Like I, as much as I like shit show this defense has been, Greg Newsom has looked solid, and that's that's good. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really good. But including against the Chiefs, right? yeah, like he looked solid against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you look back at the the Texans game; they were making a, a very coordinated effort to attack Denzel Ward early and often in the passing game, right. and right. Uh, he wasn't stopping them. Well, like to me, it's still so weird about Denzel Ward. Like Denzel Ward is like just straight up the best man corner, or not the best, one of the best man corners in the NFL, and the Browns are putting him in zone coverage, like. Not all the time. It's not like uh, who's the guy we had under kitchens? Who's our defensive coordinator? Um, Steve Wilkes was that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like Wilkes, where Wilkes just like had like clearly an allergy to man defense. Mm-hmm. Like Woods does mix it up, but like I, I am of the belief Ward should be in zone defense less than twenty percent of the time. I'm with you there. I mean, the, and I imagine he's playing a, a very, very much higher rate of zone defense and. Like one of the, one of the ultimate goals as a coach when you're playing against another team is to force the other team to play left-handed, and the Browns defense decided to just do that for their opponent, and have Denzel Ward play left-handed before the play even starts. Well, and like it's funny, I think Denzel Ward will in a number of years become a really, really good zone corner, but like the reason why Denzel Ward isn't a great zone corner yet is that Denzel Ward his entire career. He has just been such a phenomenal athlete and really good at matching up with receivers. Denzel Ward's never had to play zone defense. It's not like Greg Newsom, right? Greg Newsom's a solid athlete, but Greg Newsom's career, like especially at Northwestern, had to play a lot of zone. Um, Denzel Ward hasn't. And so I think you're asking Denzel Ward to just do something he's not used to doing. And, like, I get it's like, oh, well, how many years does he have to do this before he gets used to it? Probably a long time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of years. It's going to be a minute. Because he's, he's never and, really had to do it. But, like, here's the other thing to me. I don't think putting one player on your defense in man coverage really handicaps you that much. It, it really doesn't. It, you're able to, to just have the one guy in man and be like, that's... That, your guy in front of you, lock him down. Everyone else is doing or zone coverage behind press you. Zone. Right? Have him at least press the receiver to start a play before going into zone. Mm-hmm. Right? Make the receiver think the receiver's in man coverage. Because then the receiver's going to play the route as if he's in man coverage. He's not going to try to find the soft spot in the zone. And he Ward won't be able to get picked on like that. Mm-hmm. But we're just running regular zone coverage. Like drop back cover two. Yeah, that's that's not great. I mean, even even if they did a, a combo coverage with with Ward and and Newsom, where they had them play man and everyone else played zone, that's a, a way to 
to you know kind of mix it up a little bit and at least have them play to some of their strengths. You know, give the, I mean, the receivers a different look. Great zone. Um, but I hear your point, right? Like, make it some different defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, cover two man. Like, I would like to see more cover two man. I know, like, that's the Greg Williams thing, and most teams don't do it anymore for a wide variety of and very good reasons. But mm-hmm. like, you can run a little cover two man. Yeah, I mean, this week may not be the best uh, game to do it with a mobile quarterback in Justin Fields, but down right. the line, down the line. No, I actually, you know who I think this week, I was, I forgot what pod this was. Um, may have been Civilized Barking with Zach Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, JOK is really important this week. Yes. Because I'm the Browns. JOK is sitting in spy in the middle of the field mm-hmm. the entire game. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's exactly what I would do with him. He's He's definitely athletic enough to play the spy role. And he's and uh, like, with Fields. Fields likes throwing those middle of the field routes, so the spy isn't just there to stop Fields from running. It's, he's also there to like stop that middle route. Yeah, it's a it's a middle it's a middle zone disruptor. That's what you kind of yep. need. And yep. if he's playing the spy role, he's essentially going to be mirroring wherever Justin Fields is, which is going to take away the middle of his vision, which would be great. Exactly. And again, I like. I am I and you and I disagree a little bit. I think on how complicated Woods' defense is. Like in ter- we both agree it's complicated. Mm-hmm. I hear your point that like you can't have things that are too vanilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see more vanilla. But what I will say this weekend, I want him to be as complex as humanly possible. Yeah. Fields is a smart quarterback. He's not used to having read to read defenses quickly. Mm-hmm. So confuse him. Do what they did against Baker under the, during the kitchens here, mm-hmm. right? Like just confuse them. You don't even need a great defensive performance. Just confuse Baker, right? Just can and, and Baker grew up from that. I think Fields will too. But right now, just confuse them. Yeah, show pressure, bluff blitzes, uh, pretend to bring the corner off and have him drop into coverage. Yep. Just whatever you do, don't uh, have Miles Garrett in coverage. Uh, don't have him play tackle or defensive tackle like he did last week because he didn't even sound all thrilled uh, with either of those uh, for obvious reasons because we didn't... The Browns didn't draft Miles Garrett to drop into coverage. They didn't draft him to play defensive tackle, okay? They didn't pay him to do either of those things either. Just have him rush the passer. Yeah, I... Man, I miss Olivier Vernon so much. Do you remember when Olivier Vernon last year was, like, dropping into coverage once a game? Mm-hmm. And it just drove the opposing quarterbacks crazy? hmm I miss that. I do, too. <laughs> I, I really do, too. Like, Olivier Vernon, and I don't think he'll ever be the same player, but, like, it is just so noticeable this year how much he did for us last year. Mm-hmm. It is. It's 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 very much noticeable. There's there's not a, a we touched on this last time, but there's not a like a good run defender on the defensive line. No, there isn't one. No, they got rid of their two best run defenders. Even Ogan Joby was okay. Yeah, they probably got rid of their three best run defenders. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um. So I know the the Bears' offense, not the most dynamic unit. Uh, it could be a, I think it could be a, a struggle offensively for both teams. You seem to disagree from that perspective. Yeah, I think this game's going to be a shootout. I got to be honest with you. I uh, so here are my reasons for it. Okay. okay. 
I get, I hear you about the Bears. I hear you that, like, that offense just isn't that great. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that offense has things we don't have an answer for. They have a really, really varied running game. Like, they have so many guys that can run the ball, and they all do different things. Yeah. I think Allen Robinson is the most underrated receiver in football. Yeah, it's because he had Mitch um, Trubisky as his quarterback for four years. Or right, no, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I think Allen Robinson, for me, is up there with Odell. Uh, like, obviously, like, assuming Odell comes back healthy. Like, I mean, he's that good. Mm-hmm. And I don't yes. think that is this against Odell. I think Allen Robinson is that good. Um. I think Nagy, for like all the criticisms of him, mm-hmm. is a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think like big picture, you don't necessarily want him calling plays. He's not calling plays this year, um, but he's the big picture guy. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line sucks badly, but I don't have any faith that for the Browns to take advantage in that of that. Right? Like I'm saying, Jadavian Clowney's probably the most important player this weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Like, I, I think the Bears are going to score points. I think Fields probably does have a semi-breakout game. Maybe it's like Burrow's first game against the Browns where it's like he, like, threw a ton of passes and was really accurate. Didn't, like, come close to being the guy that won the game for the Bengals. Obviously, they lost. But even had they won, it wouldn't have been because of Burrow. Mm-hmm. But, but like, plays well. Um, I think that's likely. And I think for the Bears, that's going to be enough to put up points. On the other hand, Receiver or not, the Bears don't have a nickel corner. And I think Stefanski is smart enough and creative enough where he will attack that all game long. Also, the Bears' run defense is poop. <laughs> so I, I, I really think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Now, the reason I would say it may not be, and the, the reason I think we may see the under Mm-hmm. is that both teams realize they can just run the ball against the other team and you end up having this game for ball control. Yes. I, I think that's uh, more where I was going with, I think it's yeah. going to hit the under. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, Fields is concerned, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a, a passing performance similar to what Baker had in his first career game against the Jets, where he went 17-23, yeah. 201 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. Just... I wouldn't be very. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the was was his outcome. Uh, right. And, and as far as the running game is concerned, I I just feel like it's. I get the a vibe of last year's game with the Raiders. Honestly, where it's just going to be ball control. Both teams are just going to run the shit out of the ball, and the final score is not going to be very impressive as far as uh, points are concerned. That game uh, was sixteen to six. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Uh, obviously, weather's a little bit, uh, a lot bit better this time around than that one. And Baker's a much better quarterback. Like, and, I, yes. give Baker credit. Like, Baker went from a guy that, like, I wasn't confident was even, like, a passable starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, around that Raiders game, like, I still felt that way. Mm-hmm. The second half of last season, the playoffs last season, and this season, being, like, in that Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. Yeah. Um. Who, by the way, is having a great year. Side yeah, um, yeah. I'm happy for Derek Carr. But, but like that tier. I think he's in that tier very comfortably. Yeah, now. so what I think, uh, for for reference, uh, Baker was 12 of 25 for 122 yards in that game. Last week, he was 19 of 21 for 200 and whatever, 13. Yeah. I yeah. think he's probably somewhere in between for this game, probably like that 17 of 24 
range. Yeah. Probably about probably about 200 yards again. Um, I The one good thing I will say... Okay. Oh, by the way, Kyle Fuller is also having an incredible year. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that... <laughs> Sorry, Bears. I, I think that Bears' run defense is so bad. I, I just... I think the Brown... Like, it doesn't matter how much they stack that box. Like, mm-hmm. the Bears can't really stack the box because they have no nickel corner. So, my question like, for you, as far as the, the Bears' run defense is, and what the, it seems like the overall plan is for the, the rushing attack mainly Nick Chubb Mm -hmm. any concern that with their looks like they're trying to preserve Chubb for later in the year and playoffs or whatever that it may impact their rushing performance and it may impact their overall effectiveness on a consistent basis not so I don't think that'll be the case in this game like whatever the podcast I was saying like and I think it's fair the Texans have a horrible defense period Right, and the Browns went into that game expecting to have Jarvis Landry. And so I think the Browns' game plan was like, why are we going to run Nick Chubb in the ground in this game when we don't need him? Okay. And I get, like, they should have changed it. And, like, to give him a little credit, at the end of the fourth quarter, he really did, like, go back to Chubb. Uh, I think this game, I, abs- even with the no-nickel corner, the Bears scheme a really good pass defense. They're not really good. But, like, they, they're passable, and I just don't think that run defense is. Um, and so I don't know that it'll be all Nick Chubb, but I think it'll be – I think the Browns are going to rack up a ton of I, – I, I would be – what is – do you know the over-under off the top of your head on rush yards for the Browns? Ooh, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I could look, but, like, I would that to me like if somebody's a betting person, no matter what it is, unless it's just absurd, I would bet the over because I imagine it's low cost to get pretty high reward. Um, for that, right? Like, I think Nick Chubb could hit 150 yards on 12 carries. It's it's very um, very possible. I'm trying to. Yeah, I mean, I just I so I think for me the question is. Both teams, I think, are going to... Well, I think the Browns are going to run the ball a lot and as consequence be doing ball control, whereas I think the Bears are going to do a lot of short passing um, with some good runs mixed in. Uh, I think what the question is, are we getting a Nick Chubb game where he's in a Kareem Hunt game and maybe a Dernis Johnson and Demetrik Felton game where they're averaging four to six yards every run? Or is it going to be one of those games where they stop them at the line a few times, but then Chubb gets like two 70-yard runs? Because I think it's going to be one of those two. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough good secondary players, including their linebackers, to comfortably stack the box. So they're not going to be able to stack the box. They may try, but like no matter the Browns have no receivers, if they're going to leave their corners one-on-one, I'll put my money on Baker and Stefanski to attack that. And I think the Bears would too. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. The way to lose against the Browns is to let Baker have a really good game. Mm-hmm. If Baker has a really good game, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're playing like the prime Patriots that just had like eight corners that were all like the, in the top 10 man corners in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like they have Kyle Fuller, who's probably still better in zone coverage. And that's about it. So I, I just to me, anyways, I I think the Bears game plan is gonna have to be 
to, at least on defense, to say, you know what? We're going to let them run a little bit. We'll try to stop them, and we'll just attack them the other way on offense in a more predictable fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the Browns are going to win. I think that I see a world where the Browns lose, and basically the world is the rate or the the Raiders. The Bears find a way to stack the box while doing really good in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. The Browns can't get pressure on Justin Fields. Yeah, I think that's the world. If those two things happen. It'll be a scary game. Yeah, I I, I think this game's going to be frustrating. Uh, I I think uh, if you're someone who likes to curse at the TV, uh, you'll be doing a lot of cursing that day. Um, (laughs) um, I don't think the game's necessarily going to be sloppy, uh, but I I think it's just going to be kind of ugly, kind of gross. Um. Not too dissimilar from last week's game, which was kind of ugly, kind of gross, but ugly and gross for different reasons. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of mistakes on either side. Um, but I, I know I'm like in the minority. I actually really like Matt Nagy. I think dude had Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback, mm-hmm. and like was still getting that team to the playoffs. By the way, yeah. Um, and like Mitch Trubisky at his best was. Never was worse than Baker. We've seen Baker in his worst. Like Mitch Trubisky is a horrible NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy from around where I grew up. Like awesome. I like Mitch Trubisky the person. He's not an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nagy was still getting them in the playoffs, which is very so, it's very impressive. Yeah, and I think Stefanski is not going to coach as bad as he did last week again this season. Um, so I, I think like in terms of game plans i i don't think we'll have like a lot of the tactical issues we had this week to complain about Mm -hmm. my concern is beyond the game plan yeah it's right it's it's gonna be how how does justin fields perform against this browns defense how does the browns defense react to whatever they have him doing because i we really don't even know what the bears are gonna do with justin fields uh and how how much if any of odell is involved in the offense um, I think it really comes down to those two things. Yeah. I mean, I... So, like, optimistic spin on my end here. Because yeah. you've done a lot of negative the last few pods. Last two pods, really. Yeah. Um, even against the Chiefs, we, after that game, we were pretty positive. But, mm-hmm. but so, like, let me try to, like, give my positive spin. I do think there have been positive takeaways this year. Mm-hmm. As much as I think Baker has been a little overrated by Brown's Twitter this year... It seems like this is the Baker we're going to get, which is plenty good enough not to cost you playoff in a, playoffs in any individual season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick Chubb has looked unreal. He just hasn't touched the ball a lot. Yeah. I think they're like, Schwartz had a terrible second game, but his first game was great. Felton barely played the first game and was outstanding in the second game. Right. I think JOK, when he's played, has looked like not, maybe not as good as I thought he would look right away, but I think that's partially scheme. I also think the defense over time will get used to this scheme. So, like, the positive is I think we just saw two outlier games. I think it's very plausible we see a third. And we still next week have no idea what to make of this team. I also think it's possible we see a game where, like, it looks how we would expect this team that I predicted to go to the Super Bowl to look. 
right? Which is like dominant in ball possession, not risky passing game, but nothing that's going to hurt. Like first half against the Chiefs, right? Maybe not as good defensively, but first half against the Chiefs, right? Like solid enough defensively. I think we see that it's possible we see that. I'm not saying I'm confident in it, but like that would be my positive spin. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm I'm with you there. I would not take the over. That I will say. Seven and a half is a lot of points. You're not taking the over, you're not taking the, the seven and a half points. I'm I would bet under seven and a half. Okay. So over under though, forty seven or whatever it was. Oh, uh forty five. Or I'm going over. You're going the over. Okay, I'm going the under. Yeah, I'll go over on score, but I don't give the Browns seven and a half. Okay. So you, you expect a little bit more of it. It's just I don't know. I, I feel I feel there could just be not necessarily a lot of turnovers. I could feel this could be a three and out punt fest for a good portion of the game. But that's yeah, just I me. hear you. Or or I think your other point, which I agree with, is it could be a game where like both teams just like cannot score quickly, mm-hmm. but they keep the ball a long time. Yeah, like the entire game consists of seven or eight possessions. Right, exactly. And so like I think that to me is the likely world if it's the under. Yeah. Is that it just it's a slow game. And that's um, where I'm at. I, I do think the Browns yeah. are going to win. Let me be clear. I do think they're going to win. I'm, I pick them to win the game. But it's just... It's, as much uh, excitement as we had after week one in positives, it's just be like... I do think there's hope. Uh, I I do believe over the long haul things will be better, but this is just kind of a, a weird game, especially with some of the personnel changes on both sides. Yeah, I, and I think our part of the frustration both of us have right is that the first half of week one was incredible. Mm-hmm. The second half was not so, but like it was still good enough, and you took a ton of positives from the first half and enough from the second half, like. I think your article still like the Browns give up a lot of points, but our defense did not look like just total crap all game. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was definite positives there. Right. And so I think we saw that right in a loss. We were able to take more positives than negatives. And then week two in a win, we struggled to find many positives at all. And so it's just weird. Like this whole season has been just weird. Um, And I think that it is, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, that's where I stand on it. Like, I just, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Which is weird. No, sorry. It, I know I just cut you off. No, like, no, you're good. It, it, it is weird. And I agree with you. I don't know, necessarily know what to expect either. Um, I guess... We just got to watch the Browns offense, see how they play, see what they do, and see what they present to us. Because, well, it's been, from an efficiency standpoint, it's been fine, or at least good, or whatever. I I really don't pay attention to those numbers through two weeks anyways. Uh, But 
looking at some of just watching them and they haven't been particularly impressive since the first half of the Chiefs game. They've been just kind of there. Well, and I, what to me is surprising is like, and again, it's because it's two games, right? As you just said, like that really in reality, we like talking to each other. We talk a lot. We love podcasting together. Right. But like mm-hmm. the end of the day, like half of what we're saying is kind of BS because like, it's just so difficult to take anything from only two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what I will say is like last year, especially the second half of the season, we were just so consistent, right? Yeah. Like, it didn't matter, like, win or lose. Even that Jets game that was really weird, there weren't surprises in that game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it was very predictable. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, right? Like, it was good. Like, we knew, like, the offense was going to come out. We were going to run really well. We were going to control the ball. The defense, for all of Woods' faults, like, faults, like, he created a defense that would give up small plays, give up big plays, but they'd get a lot of turnovers. And this year's like the opposite. We're like, I don't know what to expect on either side of the ball. Again, largely because it's only been two games, but also just like it's strange. Like I expected more of last season. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess that I'm with you there. You know, it's just I just want to see. Something resembling, uh, you know, consistency. And we really haven't seen right. it yet. Right. No, I agree. And it's on everybody. Like, again, I really thought Stefanski's performance against the Texans, I have not seen, even when he was offensive coordinator in Minnesota, like the only time that season I saw it was that playoff game. And that playoff game was against the 49ers or the Packers, one of the, those two. And it was, I think, 49ers. Um, I always get that one confused. But uh, they, they did, it was a much better team. What was weird about last week, I've never seen Stefanski look like that against a crap team. Me neither. That was kind of, I don't want to say concerning. I don't want to say it alarming. Concerning. It was just weird. It's something notable. Let's put it there. Yeah, I mean, I think really, really what I think happened is the Browns were overconfident. I think Stefanski may have been overconfident, too. And, like, one thing we know about this Browns team, and, like, we know about Baker Mayfield especially, mm-hmm. these guys play far better when nobody believes in them. Yeah. That's when this Browns team looks good, when nobody believes in them. First half against the Chiefs, right? We look great. Nobody believed in us outside of Browns Twitter. Nobody thought Browns was going to win that game. We're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so like maybe last week's what we needed, right? Maybe last week inspires this team to be like, you know what? We need, we have something to prove. My fear is the Brown. It will take a Browns loss this week. For that to really kick in. Not that it's a huge fear. Again, I, I think even if the Browns lose this weekend, it'll be the season will be fine. It's just this is a game that you don't want to lose because it impacts your ability to win or lose a division. Mm-hmm. No more. No more. We'll make the playoffs. I'm still pretty confident in that. Yes. Absent major, major injury. But like my concern is like, do we have to make the playoffs as a wildcard team again? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, any final thoughts about this uh, this upcoming game on Sunday? 
I, I'm still predicting the Browns to win. I, I think it's not going to be a great game. Um, I think for Browns fans, you get to see Justin Fields start, although Ohio State quarterback, for anybody that's an Ohio State fan, that's cool. Um, I think the Bears do some fun things on offense, like the Browns do some fun things on offense. I think everybody should watch Allen Robinson because mm-hmm. I think with Justin Fields' skill set, Allen Robinson's going to have a big game. Uh, especially if he's going up against Denzel Ward, who is going to be stuck in zone. Yeah. Whatever Cowboys reason. Um, so, you know, I'm, uh, I think it'll be, there'll be fun elements to the game. If you're a fan of one of the two teams. Yeah. I mean, otherwise I think it's going to be miserable. <laughs> Even if it's high scoring, it's going to be miserable high scoring. Uh, yeah, uh, high scoring, low scoring. Either way, me and you will be messing, messaging each other throughout the game, uh, voicing either pleasure or displeasure with whatever is happening on the field. <laughs> yep, yep. And don't forget our sarcastic tweets because those are definitely coming. <laughs> oh, they they happen every week. Uh, we'll have every... them. We'll have them ready to go for you to read, enjoy, and I don't know, maybe put too much thought into them, even though we're just being. Having fun on the internet. <laughs> yeah. yep. yep. Go Browns. Go Browns. And with that, just a reminder like, subscribe, share, comment, tell your friends. If you don't, it's stealing. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, This Is Believing.com, RealBrownsFans.com. And we will have a recap for you after the game. And go Browns.